I think one of the main skills that I've developed and is to is to learn to sell okay and learn to enjoy selling and learn to in selling financing raising money is selling hey welcome to my company story i'm your host don burge my company story is a podcast where i get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and ceos about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them enjoy the show Hi, I'm here with Ryan Bourne. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Hawk Inc. based in Studio City. Hawk is a music rights management agency, and I'll let Ryan describe a little bit more about what that means. But Ryan, welcome to My Company Story. Thank you, Don. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. So Ryan, uh, tell us, yeah, what is Hawk? Tell us, uh, our audience a little bit about what you guys do right now. So our primary focus is on rights management for music on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Rights management is sort of a kind of buzzword. It's difficult to interpret, so I'll be more specific. What it means at its core is we help people that own music find YouTube videos, Facebook videos, and Instagram videos that are using their music, and we help them collect and get paid from those usages. Oh, I see. So if I, if I make a song and I publish that song, or, or, or let's say, you know, Jimmy Buffett has, I don't know, some you know, Latitude song, and I use it on my, on my YouTube video, and I use his music on my video, you go after me and say, Don, you need to pay Jimmy Buffett? Is that how that works? Not, not close. Um, we find the video, and we tell YouTube, actually, hey, we found this video on your platform, or Facebook, on, and Insta. Uh, we found this video on your platform. It contains our client's music. Um, we would like you to direct the advertising and subscription revenue generated from this video, um, and I'll get to subscription if you need clarification, revenue generated from this video to Hawk, we will keep a, we keep a percentage of that and we pay the lion's share of it, the greater percentage to our client. I see. And the uploader, you, Don, for using a song that you didn't have, you know, the proper permissions to, you're, you're really under... We don't go after you. I very, I, I don't think I've, I don't know of an instance where an uploader has been gone after by uh, a music rights holder with the exception of if you were like a major media company, like a, ma a major brand or something. But right. those, those folks tend to actually license the music so they know that they should like be if, doing if that. Coca-Cola is going to do it, they're going to do it the right way. They're going to do it the right, the right way. Although from time to time, these bigger companies do make indiscretions, if you will, but, but that's not our job. We don't, we don't, and you do get an email notice that says content's been identified in your video that's owned or administered by Hawk on behalf uh -huh. of a third party. It lists right. the name of that third party, essentially the record label or music publisher that owns it. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're notified. And if you believe that that match has made an error, you can actually dispute it through YouTube. So you can say, I do have a license. You can do that okay. and, and we can resolve those things. But we're not, we don't go after, we don't have anything to do with, you're not under any problems with Hawk is the best way to say it. Got it, got uh, it. But yeah, we're just trying to make sure our clients get, get money for the performance of their music and the, and the synchronization of their music. And so, so, so your clients, are your clients musicians or are you, your clients studios? Or who, who's a typical client of Hawk? Yeah, so um, we represent a thousand plus uh, independent music producers, writers, and artists. So 
these days, you know, sometimes this is a one man, one woman show, one man band, if you will, kind of thing, a, a bedroom producer. And I don't mean that in any knocking way. I mean, the, the production tools these days are all computers, essentially, right, that everybody's got access to and you can produce music. Uh, so they're, they're these independent creators, a lot of them. And then in addition to that, there are record labels that got are it. clients of ours, a number of labels, um, music distribution companies mm -hmm. that represent labels that need us to do the service for them. Music publishers that own songs are also clients and production music libraries, which are catalogs of music that are designed to be placed into TV and film and paid for by folks like Coca-Cola or whatnot for an advertisement. Uh, and those catalogs of music are also clients of ours. So the word music rights holder just tries to encompass all those things I just described. Right. Um, and it's not always a one size fit all. I might be on the phone today with a big historical catalog of music we all know and right. can dance around to and have heard for years. And, and I might also be talking with an independent composer that nobody really knows them, but their music is popular and is out there. So do these composers and your clients, they, they don't pay you anything up front, do they? You just sign them up and say, hey, guys, there's no obligation to you at all. Let me, if you, but if you sign up with me and I find someone who's using your music, I get paid when they pay us. Is that uh, the business model around this? Absolutely. So we don't charge anything up front. Um, there's no cost. They don't give us their credit card number or anything like that. You know, we don't invoice them or anything like that and ask them to pay us zero. Uh, they do, they sign an agreement uh, and they deliver their catalog to us and we go do our thing, right? Finding YouTube, Facebook and Instagram videos. We collect and we pay them every great, quarter. Great yeah. model. So yeah. has that, I mean, you started this company, what, four years ago, correct? Yes. Uh, top of 2017, Hawking. And was anyone doing this kind of thing uh, before that? And do you have many, I mean, if, do you have many competitors or what, what does a music guy making music, what was he doing before you came along? So there are, I've, I've been doing this for 10 and a half years. I've been doing this since beginning of 2010 myself. I had another company that I grew and, 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 and sold. Um, there are, there are competing services. Um, and the answer your question about what would someone do? So this is the thing. Um, if you want to do it on your own, you can't you for the most part um the reason is is that the permissions and technology kind of required to do it really starting with the permissions literally the access at the platforms so the platforms folk for us being the focus at, at youtube facebook and insta that is not something that's doled out uh broadly for any, like you, anybody can go get a Facebook account, right? Right. But not everybody can go get a Facebook, the proper, you know, exact type of account and permissions to mine Facebook for use of their music and videos and get paid on it. I so, see. so part of it, and you know, I hate to simplify the business in this way, but part of it is almost like, you know, access, right? Yeah. Or yeah. If, you if have you access will, yeah. to, you have access into the Facebook guts of Facebook to go and look for that music that your client may have made that the, that the guy on Facebook is not paying him for. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. And um, there are a lot of reasons for that. I could go on, but as you can imagine, it's, it's really designed to make sure that there's not abuse of the systems and that the rights material is getting in and people are being pre-cleared and pre-screened. And, and, and another example is you can't put, if you want to put your music on Apple music, right. Or on, 
uh, on Apple Music for people to stream. You can't just call up Apple and say, I wrote some songs like I'd like to put them with you. Right. What you, what you actually do is you go through, this is common in the music industry, you go through a, a distributor. Okay. And, and Hawk actually has, you know, we do offer distribution. It's a different service. It's not a huge focus of ours. It is one that, that we're, we're starting to place a little more emphasis on. But anyway, in the same way that you can't just call up Apple, you can't just call up YouTube and crawl looking for videos. Right. You can't just call up Apple and put a song up. You have to have a, a middleman doing the distribution part for you. And that's where you come industry. in. That's, yeah. where, that's where we come in. Yeah. So tell us, Ryan, if, uh, real quickly then, how did you get into this business? You mentioned you had another company before this. Tell us a little about that company and what's it, what it, its journey was like with you and then to get you to where you are with Hawk right now. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, st I'll start way, way back for a second, actually before my prior company, which was, so my early background is as a, as a CPA and a, and a former auditor. I was with a big four accounting firm. So I, you know, I have a uh, master's degree in accounting and, and um, you know, CPA license. And I jumped from there to be the controller of a large photo agency. That okay. photo agency was called Wire Image. Mm -hmm. It was entertainment photography. So basically you can think of it as celebrity photos, kind of the okay. stuff that if you pick up a People magazine, you would see in there. And we were aggregating photos and licensing them out to newspapers, magazines, and then, you know, became online blog, you know, uh, online publications, of course. Um, this was in the 2003 to 2007 years. And um, from there, I got my understanding of content licensing, of aggregating content and, and licensing it out and, and collecting uh, licensing fees and then paying the royalties got it. in the photo industry. Okay. And then I founded uh, a company called Audio Micro Inc. Mm -hmm. It's known best, its brand is known best in the, uh, the marketplace or the world as AdRev, A-D-R-E-V. Mm -hmm. um, and that company was initially designed to be sort of like I was saying with photos, we were, we were aggregating music and we were licensing it out on our website to uh, people that needed music for their videos. Okay. And they were supposed to pay a very small fee, 20, anywhere from $29 for a single track to like $30 or $40 a month for 10 or 20 tracks if you needed it. We had a subscription model too. And you were clear to use that in your videos, uh, online videos, without any copyright issues. We were, and that, yeah. and that company just took off, didn't it? I mean, that just you were in the right place at the right time in that space. And it just, I know you were on the Inc. 5000 or 500 a few times, a few years in a row on that company. Yes. So that company, when that start, I started that one in 2007. And then in 2010, we entered the YouTube space, doing what I'm doing at Hawk uh, in a similar way. And it took off between it's it's largest growth, which were with three years in a row, Inc. 500 were around the 2010, 11, 12, and 13 years. I think it was something like that. Um, actually, maybe maybe through 2014 performance. So 2012, 2013, 2014. Sorry, I'm just getting my my. That was the biggest growth years. Okay. And it was an Inc. 500 company three years in a row, and it ultimately I ultimately sold the business. Yeah. So you sold the business. How long ago did you sell the business then? 20 the transaction was fully completed in the middle of 2015 like july i believe yeah so here it is in 20, 2015 you sell the business you got a big chunk of money you walk away pat on the back kind of sitting around bored want to do something and then start up this other company is that is that where you are that what happened back then or that short journey to getting you where you are right now that is that is fair to say so the 
the company grew. It had a great ride. It got a great exit. It was reported in the press over 20 million. It was more than that. And, and anyway, uh, everybody did great. Our investors did great. And obviously myself, I, I ended up with a great outcome. And I, um, I didn't have a lot of reason to stick around. Uh, it could be a little bit more specific, but in short, there wasn't, I didn't own it anymore. I mean, it's simple, simple as that. I didn't own anything anymore. Yeah. I was just an employee, right? Right. And at that point. And um, I'd done very, very well. Right? Yeah. I had a young daughter uh, and uh, I still have one. <laughs> um, she was even younger then. Four um, years younger, yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and um, obviously my, my wife and family, young, you know, young yeah. family, early family. Yeah. And I wanted to be with them. And um, so I, I sort of faded off into the sunset. I, I left uh, as graciously as I could and um, went off to kind of just recharge my batteries and figure out what was next. I actually had no intention of, of reentering the space um, at the time, but I did get, I got extremely bored. Yeah. I, I found out I was like, I was like, uh, I have a dog now. So I kind of get this analogy. I have my first dog recently, but, but anyway, the, you know how your dog, when you, it probably sits around and wait when you're at work, it waits for you to come home. And when you come home, it's like super excited and it like comes running up to you. Right. Um, I was like that waiting for my, my daughter to come home from school. I just had nothing, <laughs> nothing going on during the day. I'd be like watching the stock market go up and down or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you know, you know, just when's she coming home so we can play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally I was like, man, I got a lot. I was young. I mean, I'm still fairly young. I was in my thirties and, um, I was like, I got to start, I got to start another company because I, I, get another I got a lot of hours to fill here. <laughs> uh, uh, so, great. so I started hawking, you know, I, I, it was like, I bought the domain. It was a good five letter.com domain. It wasn't too expensive as two A's of course. H-A-A-W-K. Yeah. Uh, Hawk great. with like the bird with two A's and, and I didn't really know at first exactly what I was going to do, but, but I quickly was like, why don't you do what you're really good at and you know really well, it's uh, accounting, it's licensing, content licensing. Of course, it's now these buzzwords of rights management for YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, but at its core, it's a licensing and really accounting yeah. and royalty reporting business. And that's here a, we are. That's a great story, Ryan. So Ryan, tell us a little bit, if we can now, about the challenges that you run across along the way, especially the challenges of, I mean, here you, you, you start this company, you grow it up, this wonderful company, you get out for 20 some odd million dollars, you're out there, you're sitting around at home waiting for your daughter to come home, then all of a sudden you come with another idea, start this other company, it's growing right now. I mean, you must have had some great challenges and opportunities along the way, but discuss those so our listeners can hear a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, with, with Hawk, it's, it's my second rodeo, right, as a founder. Um, so the challenges are a little bit muted because I've been through things before. You know, I have a, I have a certain um, perspective that I didn't have when I was a first time founder. And so, you know, t of course we needed financing. Um, my first time in my old company, when we needed financing, it was extremely difficult. It was, I went and pitched and I pitched and I pitched, I networked and I networked and I networked with the VC community and the angel community. And I barely finally could get someone to, to make a bet on us. And, and, and they did, and they were, they were wise. They ended up with a very nice return um, after the eight year journey of, of my prior company. This time around the fundraising was a, a little bit easier. I mean, I, I well, you had a track be, record. Now, I had right? a track record. I had a yeah. track record. And, and, you know, as a young entrepreneur, I was always so frustrated by it. Like it almost felt like, They'd only invest in if you had a track record. It was this catch-22. Like, they'd only invest in if you had a track record. But how do you get a track record yeah. if you don't have any money to build a company to 
get a track right and sell it. Chicken to get and a the track. egg kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But yeah. I, so I, you know, you're right. I had a track record raising the funds this time around the seed round was not all too challenging because of uh, my, my network had been big. I had a, and I had a good, uh, you know, a good record. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what are the lessons learned? Because this is interesting that not many people, I think, listening to the show have gone through you, what you've gone through, where they you know, started a company, grew it, sold it, got out, stopped for a while, and grew another, growing another company right now. I mean, so what other lessons do would you want to pass along to someone listening that hasn't had that kind of unique experience you've had? Yeah, you know, I'd say this. I, I think I've thought a lot about business over my own business career, and I'm, you know, I try not to try to give advice and I don't want to sound too simplistic or whatever, but one of the, I think one of the main skills that I've developed and is to, is to learn to sell. Okay. And learn to enjoy selling and learn to in selling financing, raising money is selling. So yeah, right? tell us more about that. I mean, that, yeah. that's a, I've never heard someone like you say that in such a way, but what do you mean by selling? Describe that more. Well, let me, let me put it to you like this. I meet a lot of people throughout my day, literally, and they're in business. They produce some product or service. They may be a vendor of mine or whatnot. Uh, and they're good at providing the service, but they're not, they don't have, feel like, I don't feel like they have the desire or it may even be not necessarily just the desire. They don't have the energy to want to scale it, to want to sell more of it, to want to grow their business and have, you know, other people doing the service part and them being the owner of the business and it growing and growing and growing, you know, they're just happy and comfortable. You know, um, I'll give you a simple example, like law firms, you okay. know, small lawyers, like, right. like if you want to be really successful as an attorney, you need to get a lot of clients. Right. 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 So if you're really good at writing, you know, the contracts and standing, standing behind your computer and, and lawyering stuff, that's cool. And you'll, you'll be able to be in a law firm and get your, you know, paycheck, your pretty big paycheck and whatnot. And if you work there 10 or 20 years, you'll move your way up to partner. And we all know that that's a pretty nice career, a decent one, but it's never going to be absolutely enormous unless you go out there and get your own book of business right? Not the firm just funneling clients to you. You get your own book of business and you own your own law firm. And then you end up having, you know, three, four, eventually 10, 20, 30 attorneys under you, right? And I feel like if you don't have that desire to go out and sell and get those clients and get new clients and build that business, um, you're going to be stuck as just sort of part of the operations, which is okay. A lot of people are comfortable with that and, and it's okay to be comfortable. But if you're looking for outsized wealth, right, you need to be the, you know, owner of the company. And then at some point your time can't just be done all, all the time in the operations and only sort of making the product. You've got to be getting the clients to buy the product. And so, that's a sales side of it. It's the yeah. business development side of it. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like if I went up to somebody and I said, wow, you could grow your business. All you got to do is like take your contact book and like send out like 300 emails a day. Like you'll grow your business. Like you'll grow your business. And they're just like, 
Ooh, I, I don't feel to, comfortable with that. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable cold emailing cold calling, someone yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm going. Whoa, whoa, come on. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, I feel like entrepreneurship it can be taught in school, but in reality, it can. It, you have to do it. You have to really be willing to actually do that selling part and not be ashamed and afraid for somebody to just ignore you or blow you off and say no. Yeah, that's that's great advice, Ryan. I mean, you're so true, and and that's what. That's it. That's I talk about that burning desire inside your belly that you need to have to be an entrepreneur and just what you described there. You just have to not be afraid and get out there and, and do those things that you need to do. That's fantastic. Well, great. Well, listen, we've been uh, talking for about 20 minutes now and I wanted uh, to thank you. Before we go, though, if listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, simple. So Ryan Bourne, B-O-R-N, R-Y-A-N-B-O-R-N dot net is my website and Great. there's an about page there. And if you actually read the about page, there's my contact information on it. So. Great. And Hawk is at H-A-W-K uh, and that's uh, .com also? H-A-A, so two A's, W-K.com. And obviously you can contact Hawk right there. There's a contact page, a phone number, even everything. So that would be for contacting the company. Yeah, absolutely. You can Fantastic. get a hold of us. Yeah. Great. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for spending some time with us uh, today and uh, best of luck. And we'll be following your journey as we go forward. Thank you, Don, for having me. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at burge.com. Thanks for listening.